Okay, dearly beloved of the Lord, I, 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 I want to bring to you a series of messages or teachings, and uh, which I call possessing our possessions in Christ. Now, God has provided for and already given us all that we need in this life and in the life to come. We just need how to learn how to possess them by appropriating them. The scripture that I want us to explore from where we use as a foundation scripture is in 2 Peter chapter 1. And the key verses are verses 3 to 4. But I will read from verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This is the word of God that talks about what Christ has done for us, what possessions he has given unto us, and out of God's love and God's grace for us. So the first thing I want us to see is that, of course, I'm talking to the possessions that we have as believers in Christ. So this, obviously, this message is for believers in Christ. When you believe in Christ, we are made children of God, and we are given an inheritance. Verse 3 says, his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So that is our inheritance. What Christ has given to us is all things, A-L-L, that gives us the power to live for God and gives us all that we need in life to live the kind of life that God wants us to live. Those are, that's inheritance that God has given to us. So the first point I want you to see from the scripture in verse 3 is that our possessions are an inheritance. Now, which means they are the gift of God's grace to the redeemed of the Lord, the believers in Christ. Christ, the Redeemer, our Redeemer, is the one who actually purchased them. He paid a price for them. Like you go to the marketplace and actually pay a price for something and then you give those things that you paid for to somebody. That person is, inherits in a way what you have purchased for them. That's what Christ did for us. So Christ, the marketplace where Christ went to pay the price for what he gives unto us is the cross of Calvary. So the, at the cross, the cross, what happened on the cross was a transaction, a payment to possess something for us. See, it was also a sacrifice of our sins. But understand this, this is a very important point. The cross was, at the cross, Jesus Christ 
paid the price. He completed a transaction. Paid the sacrifice for our sins and our guilt, as well as he made the payment for all that we need, according to verse 3. All he has given unto us, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, the church has emphasized the first part, that on the cross, Christ paid the price for our sins to remove our guilt so we can receive our forgiveness. That is true. But he did more than that. What he also did is he paid the price so that he can give us all that we need to live. All that we need to, to, to live a godly life, a fulfilled life, everything he paid for. And so the church lost that second part of knowledge over the years. But it has pleased the Lord at this end of time to reveal it unto us, to make it known unto us. And this Bible teaching is to explore that part and share that with us and remind us of these things. So Christ paid the price, not only for our sins, he also paid the price to give us all things for our inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. And because Christ paid it all, everything that he paid for is given to us as an inheritance. When Jesus said, it is finished, in John chapter 19 verse 30, he meant that he has paid everything that is needed so that we can receive all that God has for us. It's an inheritance, several scripture tells us this. For instance, Romans chapter 8 verses 16 and 7. Says the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. God's intention is to glorify us, meaning to elevate us from mere human beings into actual sons of God who possess everything that Jesus has purchased for us. Hebrews 9.15 says the same thing. And for this cause, Jesus, he, is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. One of the key, the promise of eternal inheritance. Our, our inheritance is eternal, meaning it cannot change, see? over time. Time doesn't change it. What was an inheritance as specified in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, remain the same for us today. It's an eternal inheritance. Ephesians 1.11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Praise the Lord. And so we understand that we have an inheritance in Christ and that that inheritance is all the things that we need to live the life that God has ordained for us and to, uh, and to experience the abundant life that Jesus promised us. Now, even in the Old Testament, God, looking forward to the sacrifice of Christ, reveals this inheritance to the saints for those who can believe it. Like David understood that. 
in Psalm 16 verse 5, he says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. A good, our inheritance is goodly. It's good, it's plentiful, it's abundant, it's full. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what specifically did we inherit? That's what verses 3 and 4 tell us. And I'm going to read it again. In verse 3 it says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, and then verse 4 tells us what these things are that here we have inherited. Verse 4 says, whereby, that is, because we are inherited certain things, God then reveals them as such. He said, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. So the promise of, promises of God in the Bible are our inheritance. They are the specification of those inheritance. Every clause, every promise specify what Christ paid for and has given to us by the gift of grace. So all we need to do is to know what these promises are. That's what verse 3 says. It is true the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Knowledge that God reveals of his promises of what Christ has done for us. As I said before, the church has emphasized maybe one or two of these promises. One of them meaning Christ saved us so we can receive forgiveness of sins and that when, when we leave this world, we go to heaven. That is one of the promises, one of the core promises, but it's not the only one. There are many and many other promises that are part of the inheritance that Christ has given to us. And what we want to understand is to know them. So we can receive them. Now, know that what God promised, he has already given. Now, that's another thing we need to understand. Know. Then we have to have the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his promises. The other thing we have to have the knowledge of God is what is really a promise of God. A promise of God is what God has determined and actually given and signed that say. This belongs to you. Now, that's what it promises. A promise of God is not a human promise. Wherein the guy can tomorrow, he can change his mind. Or he can uh, say, you know, maybe he dies before he can fulfill it. A promise of a man and the promise of God is different. The promise of God is definite, sure, unchangeable. The word the Bible uses, immutable. It is his counsel. It's a determination he has made. And he has actually given what he has promised unto us. Praise the Lord. Now, what God has promised, he has already given. It is irrevocable because it is God's counsel and it is immutable. Immutable means it's unchanging over time. Or it is unable to be changed. That's what Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 says. Wherein God willing abundantly to show us the heirs of promise, to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, counsel confirmed by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who has fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. God's counsel 
which are specified as promises in the Bible are immutable. They are basically an oath from God. They say God has bound himself to say, I have given you these things. All you need to do is to take them. That's what the promise of God is. Now, the second thing we have to understand is that the promises of God are something that is given already to us, but there, are, there are those who already are occupying this. Think of what God has. The promises is a territory, is a kingdom that God gives. But there are already people who are occupying this kingdom. But God is the one who owns it. And he says, now I give it to you now. And then all your job is to go and possess what he has given to us. This is what Jesus means in John chapter 10 verse 10. He says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that ye might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. This abundant life that Jesus came to give to us as specified as his promises. But these promises are in opposition to what a thief has already possessed. You see? Jesus said that he might have it more abundantly. Uh, and 2 uh, uh, and, and, and Peter we are reading says, All things that pertain unto life and godliness. The word all talks about, Jesus used abundance, life more abundantly. So this, that means super abundance. First Peter used all, the same Holy Spirit. Exceeding abundantly. It means the fullness of God. Every goodfulness of what God has to give is what Jesus came. What he already paid for and God has given unto us. Praise the Lord. That's why Ephesians 3, 19 and 20 says, And to know the love of Christ, talking of the believer, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. What I want you to see here are the words all, the word abundance, and to know that these things are specified as promises for us in the scripture. So when you look at the scriptures, the promises of, to the redeemed of the Lord, covers the present life, the future life. It covers everything we need in this world. It covers health, healing, uh, prosperity, uh, uh, guidance, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, and, and many more. And in the last, next lesson, or one of the next lessons we're going to talk about, we're going to give a survey of these promises very quickly. But as a believer, you know them. They are all over from Genesis to the book of Revelations and the scriptures. So now, the church, the statement I want to make is this, the church must awaken to this reality, that God has already given us all that we need, has already given us all that we need. We just need to learn how to aggressively appropriate what God has already given so that we can process them as fact. That knowledge was more or less lost through the church ages, but God is restoring them now. Believers of today must learn to possess all that God has given. It is sort of like a, a buffet. See, 
the buffet of God's grace, I call it. The buffet of, is the buffet of God's blessings. When you go to the buffet, you see a spread of grains, vegetables, uh, proteins, and all that. And you just simply go there and take what you want. That's how God has done. He's already provided them. He's already, Christ already paid for them. They already belong to us. But we have to take them and own them. And that is the, another, the third point to recognize. It is crucial that to recognize there is a difference between what God has already given and how to take them and possess them. The two steps. Because you might ask me, well, if God has already given all to us, then why don't I have them? Well, then obviously the answer is that God has already given them, but you have to go and take them. You know, like I say, it's a buffet. You have to go there and take what you want. See? What you need is based on what you do, what you take. See, this is, this is, uh, this is what, what the, Lord, the scripture means. Jesus said, from the days of John, see, unto the kingdom of heaven, he said, the, the violent take the kingdom by force. You have to take it. God has already given. We have to take it. See? God gives we possess. If we refuse to possess it, we will not have it, even though God has already given it. This is the key revelation to see here. Let God reveal that to your mind. God has given us a lot of things. Now, it is true some of what God has given to us, they are for a future time. The rapture is in the future. Heaven is in the future. Um, you know, the uh, millennium reign is in the future. These are all part of what Jesus has possessed for us. But there's a lot that are for the present time that we need to possess. Healing is for the present time. Divine health is for the present time. Divine prosperity is for the present time. The guidance of the Holy Spirit is for the present time. Uh, wisdom that you need to make a living in this world is for the present time. Possessing the gates of your enemies is for the present time. Say the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. See? Now, I will repeat this again. It is crucial to recognize the difference between what God has already given and the fact that we also need to possess them. And we will expand on this in the following teaching and message, but we are laying the foundation today. The territory... The blessedness that God has now given us is already occupied by squatters who have become illegal occupants. They are thieves that we must evict by the force of spiritual arms before we can take ownership of, as the new owners and occupants of this territory. For instance, your body when you come to Christ, becomes the temple of the Lord. But prior to the time you come to the Christ, your body was actually more the temple of the devil. And the devil thinks, you know, because your, 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 life, your lifestyle, your parents' lifestyle, your inheritance from Adam is, you know, make the body corruptible. And the devil thinks it's his property. But now when you come to Christ, there's a new ownership. Given to you by Christ Jesus. You now belong to the temple of God. You now have to possess your body. As the temple of God. You have to possess it. It's your job and duty to possess it. So this territory. That God has now given unto us. 
must be possessed, even though God has given it. So God gives, we possess. If we refuse to possess it, we will not have it, even though God has already given it. So let me summarize. First, you have to know and accept what God's grace has given to you. If you don't know what he has given you, it's the same thing as if you don't have it, even though he already gave you. See? You have to know what has already given to you. That's why the first Peter, the scripture that we are expanding upon, verse 3 says, His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and God is saying, through the knowledge of him, we need to know what he has given unto us. See? Through the knowledge of him. And they are all over the Bible. Many you have to know the word. See? The word specify what these things are that Christ has given unto us. So first you have to know and accept that God has given to you by his grace as your possession the promises of God in the Bible. Once you know what your possession in Christ is, you then have to set out to possess them. And to possess your possessions in Christ, you have to eject the thief who is ready occupying that place. Because now, once Christ has given it to us, he's an illegal occupant. You have to evict him. You have to eject him. You have to command him to leave. To leave, I mean. How do you do that? By stepping out confidently and confronting this thief as an enemy on the basis of the word of God only. Because the word of promise is your document of ownership. What God promised is, is the document that says, I own this now. I possess it now. And you take that word of promise and confront Whoever is the thief that is there, the occupant that is there, that is on your way, and tell him to leave, I now take possession of this place. That's how you possess. You see, when you stake your claim, the enemy will leave, and you will take ownership without fail, because the power of God will see to it that the enemy is ejected. Praise the Lord. What did we talk about today? God has given to us all things that we need. To live in this life. The life that God has ordained to for us. But there is an enemy. That is opposing what God has given. That enemy in the scripture. Is the devil. And his army of demons. And uh, sinners. And, uh, and, and false beliefs. False thinking. They are all part of the enemy. The kingdom of evil. Which the Bible is called the world. See, They oppose the things of God. But. What God's word is supreme can overcome them all and can give you possession of all God has. All we need to do is to accept it and stake a claim to our ownership and God will ensure, perform, that the whoever is there that is opposing, objecting to it, will live by the power of the Lord. The power of God is always present to perform what he has promised for those who stake their claim in confident faith. Praise the Lord. So this is the foundation that I want you to understand. Second Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 tells us very clearly we have an inheritance in Christ. All we need to do is to know them and then to set out to possess them for the glory of them. And then we live the glorious life, the productive life, 
the blessed life that Jesus has for us. And from there, we will continue my prayer for all of us is this. Jesus, reveal your truth unto us, Lord, so that we can be and become what you have ordained us to be to the glory of your holy name. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.